0: Look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More than money with the Popowitch Carmeli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770.
1: Lifestyle matters. It's more than money. I'm Faizal Carmeli. My co-host here, Dave Popwitch. How are you doing, man? I'm good. Oh, you changed it again. Change it again. That's two in a row now. My though. daughter keeps on saying you can't keep on saying the same thing. Why not? It's a nice Over and greeting. over again. Yeah, I've well, been doing it for a long time. I'm a time. creature of habit, right? So, and she's like, "You're boring." That's what she said to me. You're boring. Change it up I call it steady. Aw, that's the nicest thing you said hey, to me look all at week. That. Exactly. Like We're going to start this on a happy note. Yeah, that won't last long. We know that. We got a good show today. Um, we've, we're going to talk about a few things. Let's first um, chat about uh, this election coming up. Yeah. Uh, surprise, we got an election. And guess who's been ignored pretty much in this election?
0: Yeah, well, the battleground is not necessarily seniors, right? Um, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Big population, voting population, lots of money. Not necessarily getting the love that they should be getting.
1: Yep, I agree with that. Um, We're all going to talk about also when it comes to people uh, uh, that are older in our community are being scammed like crazy. Yeah. And so we're going to have a conversation about being being a better identifier of these types of scams. We want to educate and inform uh, the the listeners and viewers of the show. Um, And then, of course, election topics. Surprise, surprise. Long-term care facilities. Probably the only topic for, for people over the age of 70. Um, are are being uh, is the is the only topic is yeah. from from this election is about long term care facilities. So let, we're going to kind of dive in deep on what should the the platform kind of be like about and what should we talk about when it comes to these issues. I think this is, this is going to be a great show and let's let's kind of get into it when it comes to. Well, let's uh, talk
0: about what they are talking about. Okay, we're talking about taxes. Oh, and I haven't I haven't read anything yet that says they're lowering taxes. Have you come across that but, one
1: yet? Well, credits and tax free stuff and and and. No real platform on, on 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 anything that says, you know, we're gonna help propel the economy um, that's gonna make sure you don't have to pay more taxes. Right. So of course three different parties, three different positions, but the consensus of all three parties is that taxes are going up. At least yeah. how I read it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. agreed. So it's a very targeted. When credits. I look at this data, I look at all the, the, the platforms of all three, and we talked about this last week as well. And and, and now we're twenty five percent into this election. Yep. Still, people over the age of fifty five have not been focused on in this election. It's pandemic relief, and I get I understand why they want to do that. Housing. They want to prevent uh, or oh, they want to make it affordable. They want to tax corporations who made big profits. Mm-hmm. Um, they want to prevent foreigners from coming in and buying property. Nowhere have I heard, oh, a long-term care facility, We got it, we, they, they are mentioning that. So I'll, I'll give them credit for at least addressing some of the issues there. But when it comes to the individuals over the age of 55 who have 72% plus of this nation's income and wealth, where do you think the tax dollars are going to come from? Mm-hmm. Oh, we know. You see it, Right. I have yet to hear one leader of any party say, for this demographic, who's done so much for our country, we're going to lower it for you. We're going to make it the same. You know what they talk about? Oh, we gave you an extra 500 bucks on your old age security if you're over 75. Right. Congratulations. Right. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. I want to buy your vote. That's how I see it. Mm, there's a lot of that. Yeah, I agree. That's not how we see it, but that's how I see it. Yeah. And so the concern that I have when it comes to this election is that the 55-plus crowd have been ignored. We have been, we have a health care issue. We have an aging demographic, which happens to be the largest percent of the population that use the health care services. Granted, it's a provincial matter, but the federal government can do a lot here. Yeah, they can take some leadership, okay. and they're not. The second part of this is... We know that this demographic also are big spenders. Mm -hmm. They support this economy. We have not given any incentives for the most affluent part of our demographics of, of this country to spend their money in this country. Right. No incentive. Yes, we've heard like of a GST holiday, but that's for everybody. Yeah. Remember when we used to go out and they would give, they would, well, they give you, they wouldn't give me because I'm younger than you, the senior's discount?
0: <laughs> Not yet. I yeah, still you, got 18 you, months, no, brother. You, you,
1: you, you lied just to get gonna the have discount. I'm going to
0: have my 55th birthday party in a retail outlet that will give me a discount. You
1: have fake ID just to get the discount, dude. I already <laughs> yeah. know this, okay? So the, where's the discount? Right. You want to see spenders spend? You want to see this economy grow? cater to that demographic.
0: Yeah, and I think the PC's had, um, I don't remember the details of it now, I was reading about uh, a travel
1: within Canada policy, right, they are trying to incense some of that. Right? Broad, hey? broad, it's very broad. Yeah. You, we're talking about, in, in one side, we're talking about the affordability to get into a home. So we're going to give you a tax-free savings program, we're going to make it easier, cheaper, whatever, all these parties are talking about how to get into a home. These individuals are not spending a lot of money to go and travel.
0: Right. Right. And listen, the, the home issue for the the fifty five plus demographic is not really their issue. It's mostly with their kids' issue, right? That's where that's how we see manifest itself, Correct. right? Let's go back to healthcare for a minute. You and I both know we do this all day long. The number one thing we talk to clients about in phase two of their retirement, right? So you, you've got that phase of uh, of time when people are active and mobile and their health is good and they're doing their thing. but, you and I know that that conversation changes as people start to slow down about the quality of care and the quality of life they're going to have. And the number one concern I would say that people have is, I don't want to be a burden on my children. Correct. So how do I do this? Right? Where do I stay? What care do I want? I want to be at home as long as I can. I don't want that to be my son or daughter taking care of me. Correct.
1: What's the plan? And so that's where the crossover with the provinces come into play. Yeah. When we look at what the federal government can do is start to incent. Here's an example. One of our, 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 on, our, our long-time listeners said to me, Faisal, my father wants to stay at home, mm-hmm. and I'm going to take care of him. Now, I'm not a, a, a nurse or a doctor. I don't have that skill set, but I can acquire some of these skills mm-hmm. that I can help and take. And so I will leave the workforce. Get a small credit for, for taking care of a senior. Why can't he just pay me? Right. Make it a deduction for him and make it income for me. Right. Why can't that just happen? Right. Little things like that. That's tax policy. That's right. That's federal. Right. And this is the concern that I have is that there's been no leadership there. Right. From anywhere. I know, and I'd there's love no to
0: see it. yeah no original thinking. Right. It is, no outside the box. No outside the box, and it's going to take outside the box, right? It's going to take new technology. You know. It's going to take all of those things.
1: Where's the technology tax credit to make right. your to keep the person in the home? Right. They do so much for other demographics and businesses, mm-hmm. but they won't do it for this demographic that's spending the money. Right. Healthcare spending will drive this economy too. Mm-hmm. Where's the incentive? So I I, I can go on for. For days about this stuff, I think the next few weeks we'll find out um, who will be in power, and then we can bring them on the show and talk to them. In fact, you know what we're going to be doing? Yep. Um, On September the 11th, it's a Saturday morning, we are going to be having a live More Than Money show, and that live More Than Money show will have candidates, local candidates from all the parties, we've invited all of them to come and join us. And let's have a conversation. Let's have this demographic have their voice. That's right. Uh,
0: Faisal, fraud uh, is is becoming increasingly, in my opinion, more sophisticated, and fraudsters are becoming more sophisticated. And there's multiple avenues uh, today in which they can now reach out and ply their trade. Yeah. Um, And your dad has had a recent experience with this, and we thought we would use that experience to try to elevate the level of education so that people don't fall victim to
1: this. Yeah, I I want to spend more time figuring out how we solve this problem than talking about the problem itself. But really quickly, my father, within two days apart, um, had a couple of issues. One was a phone call from Microsoft. Microsoft does not make outbound calls to fix people's computers. Proactively. Proactively, just, just because that's their business. It's not. Number two was he had an email that came in and said, click this link so we can protect your computer. And he thought it was um, fairly, fairly real. And, and both occurrences, um, he didn't do that. One was um, the internet shut down on him when he got the, when he got the call and they wanted to remote into his computer, thank God. And number two, he called me after that experience and said, should I do this? And I said, no. Um, but had he, had he not had someone to talk to, like myself, he would have probably clicked that link or said, yeah, go ahead and connect to my computer and away we go. And that's part of the problem. Just not knowing that there are people who do some bad things out there right. on the Internet. Right. right? It's their
0: full time job. It'd be bad guys.
1: Correct. Yeah. And so let's let's figure out how we kind of educate and look at how we can solve yeah. these types of issues. So let's get our expert on, on the on the show.
0: And we've got Sergio Neves joining us. He's an accredited business coach. He's with the Better Business Bureau and he serves Southern Alberta and East Kootenai. Sergio, welcome to the show.
2: Hello. Hi, I lost you there for a second. But um, hello, I'm here. And uh, you're absolutely right. I'm sorry to hear about that experience, Basil. Uh It is absolutely true. Fraud is a number one crime against seniors. And one of the main things that we're trying to do is to create that awareness because anyone can be a victim. And they're not alone. So there are resources where they can go. Um, Just to give you some information, some stats, as of July 31st, as of the Canadian Anti-Fraud Centre, they received 46,000 reports of fraud, and that equated to $130 million of a loss to Canadians. So this is a real thing that is happening today.
1: So let's look at some things that we can identify when we're approaching. Let's start with, I guess, email, because I think that's a bit bit more complex in some cases. Um, when emails are going to seniors, um, some of them are from, they think are reputable businesses, um, financial institutions, whatever it may be. What are some of the things that, that our, our viewers and listeners here can, can use as identifiers to kind of say that doesn't sound or look right to me?
2: Mm. Yeah, that's a great example. Usually those emails are focused on phishing, right? They want to get some information out of you. They want to get something out of you. So first of all, you have to think, where did this come from? Did I contact this business? Um, Does it make sense? Do I even do business with them? Because every now and then, I don't know if you get it, but I get it all the time. I get contacted by businesses that I have never done business with, and they're asking for my information. So that's a big red flag. That's an easy one. But one thing that we can share is that most frauds and more, most scams share the same uh, characteristics. Some of them, or most of them, have a quick call to action. They don't want you to think about what's happening. They will present you a problem. For example, um, let's say that I do have Netflix, right? And they're telling me to change my password. They're asking me to do it right away. Otherwise, my account will be locked. And of course, since they're very nice, they will present a link so I can do it. When I click on that link, I will be forwarded to a website that will look exactly as the one that I'm accustomed to, but it's not the real one. And that's how they're going to get my information. So they have that real quick call to action. Now, they will have also, most of the times, an emotional diversion. In this case, by saying that my account will be locked I'm going to be missing out on the product that I'm paying for, on the services that I'm looking for and that I enjoy. So they'll have that. So basically, at the end of the day, they, they're they all designed to keep you off balance. And these ones are very simple. But as you were saying at the beginning, they're becoming more and more sophisticated. They even use techniques that real businesses use, such as marketing techniques and psychology um, behind the whole communication. So we have to be aware that this is happening. Yeah.
1: Sergio, there are, there are companies out there that, that do this type of stuff to people, but there are sometimes on their emails, you can identify the mistake, the error. And I'll give you an example. Um, there's a, a financial institution with the name Montreal in it, okay? And when that email came to me, first of all, I don't do any business with that institution. Um, and the way they spelt Montreal was M-U-N. Mm. Same logo. it looked. It looked like that company put it up right. there. But when you look at the name underneath the logo, it said Montreal with a U, and I. I'm like, Whoa, wait a minute! Someone's <laughs> got to get fired on this job, right? And so, yeah. but we know it's not. It's not real. But I, because I, I saw it, I yeah. caught it. Yeah. What if it was something so small, like in the small print at the bottom of the email, or something you can't? Right. So, so that, what, how do you like? What do you look for? Um, in those types of things i can pick out that error but it's not always easy to pick out the errors if there are any
3: yeah
2: no thank you for sharing that one yeah some of the times these guys let's let's remember these guys are pros right like you were saying dave as well uh, these guys have their full-time jobs to try to be bad guys so they're putting all their effort to try to you know disguise their intentions for example one of the things like you were saying check on the grammar check on the spelling Uh, And on top of that, do not click on any links that are presented to you on that email. If you feel like you were contacted by that business, go directly to their official channels. So don't continue like clicking on that email. Open a new browser window and look for the official channel. They will have a contact page and call them directly. Because again, if you go and look in the in the information that you were presented on the email, most of the times they potentially have a uh, um, uh, a little address that you can follow that will look the same as the other one, but it's not. And they might even have a phone number where you can call them. And if you use that uh, information, of course, they're going to have some other scammers, you know, following up with it. But if you use the official channel, you can avoid a lot of headaches.
0: Sergio, it's. Through the pandemic, there's been a lot of people that have been pushed online for various things. And they're not necessarily comfortable with being online, but we didn't have much of a choice but to be there. So, is it safe to assume that because of that, we've are we seeing an increase in these kinds of scams?
2: Absolutely. Um, One of the things is that not everybody was accustomed to it. So not everybody knows what to, you know, focus. Um, I would say the biggest tool that we have is definitely research. Do your research. Now, if you're buying online and you have never bought online before, there are a few tips that you can follow. For example, try to use websites that you're already familiar with. The second one if you're using a website that you've never seen before that's fine still you're you're getting to know new businesses it's not bad however look for that little uh secure socket layer you know that little uh lock on the top left corner of the um, address bar that means that they have encryption on that page so your information will not be compromised of course on top of that check on your statements because even if <laughs> this happens even with official businesses there's mistakes right um this happened to my wife the other day we went out of town um here close in edmonton and uh we booked our uh, hotel through um you know online provider and we were charged charged twice so we would not have noticed if we were not checking on our statements, so definitely keep uh, keep on top of your statements. Another thing to do is avoid shopping in a public place. Um, if you're gonna do some shopping online, do it at your own place with your own Wi-Fi. You're minimizing exposure, and even better. If you can, and again, in this day and age, everybody has a cell phone. Um, I know my parents have a cell phone, and I try to help them with that as well. If, they can, if you can download the app for them, and they can just use the app to you know, do their purchases, even better. Because the app is the official channel for that uh, company. It might be a little easier for them to use as well. They're intended for that convenience.
1: Mm -hmm. Do you know how I I protect myself whenever I travel when I'm using my credit card?
2: I can only imagine. I don't use mine. I
1: use yours. (laughs) So if anything goes wrong, I don't have to worry about it. I notice the
0: transactions when I'm checking it. (laughs) Basil must be away.
1: Thank you for that trip. I enjoyed it. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Thanks. On that particular note, Sergio, listen, I want to thank you very much for sharing uh, some of those tips. I think those are really practical and hopefully they're gonna help some people avoid some of the potential problems that your dad might've run into with that that particular uh, scam. Sergio, thanks for joining us.
2: Yeah, my pleasure. And just as a last note, I also want to mention that if you have any questions about someone having contacted you, we do have a page at the BBB. It's called the Scam Tracker. You can just Google Scam Tracker and you can check if anybody else has been already contacted. This is our way to fight back. And if you have been contacted, please let us know so that we can put the word out for consumers and we all protect each other.
0: Thanks a lot, Sergio. Sergio Neves, um, who's an accredited business coach with the Better Business Bureau, serving Southern Alberta and East Kootenay. Um, so we're we're in the election now. Um, there's a whole bunch of topics, obviously, that are being covered, but long-term care facilities, seniors' care, is becoming a pretty
1: hot topic. It is because of what happened in that <laughs> pandemic, and all the issues that have come out. The federal uh, campaigns now are saying, you know, we got to do something about this. Right. And we were hearing a whole bunch of variety of ways to handle this. Um, the, the, when we talk to our clients or viewers and listeners of the show, the safety and security within the, the long-term care facility is a concern. Absolutely. What also has come out is the quality of care. Correct. And what's interesting behind the quality of care is because what we think we're going to get when we, when we go into a facility may not be what we receive.
0: And, Faisal, the fact is we've got an aging population, right? You and I have been doing this for 12 years now, talking about what the long-term care policies are, uh, even from the medical community and politically. And I have to tell you, I'm not sure we're ready for what's coming.
1: Here's what surprises me, Dave, about this election. We're talking about long-term care facilities, yet we're not talking about an aging demographic. Right. We're talking about long-term care facilities, and we're not talking about how... We, most Canadians do not want to go into a long term care facility. Right. Age in place as long as we can, right? Age That's in most place. people. Why is there no campaign about age in place? Right. How this would have been different possibly during the pandemic if we had an age in place strategy for this country. Right. For this province. Why the federal and provincial governments aren't working together collecting all of their resources <laughs> to hit this next wave of demographic who happen to be the group that votes the most in every federal election forever. Right. And all they're focusing on is the facility and the affordability of the facility and not the bigger problem. Right. Now, maybe I've got this wrong. Now, maybe I'm I'm looking at this too broad. So let's have a good conversation uh, with Kathy. She's, she's awesome at this type of stuff, mm-hmm. especially helping seniors figure out what their we call it the health bucket needs yep. to look at. Yep. So let's bring Kathy into the show, Dave.
0: So we've got Kathy Mendham, who is a founder and senior advisor at Proactive Seniors Limited. Kathy, welcome to the show and thanks for joining us.
3: Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys.
0: Uh, tell us, first of all, a little bit about Proactive Seniors.
3: So we're an advisory service. We're located in Calgary, Edmonton, and Kelowna, and our team help seniors and their families to get the information they need to make those important decisions because what we find is um, seniors are disadvantaged by not knowing what kind of help and support is available and so they don't get that help and support and then they end up in the health care system or in long-term care which is incredibly expensive and uh, there's a better way to go about it so we want families to be able to have the right information at the right time so they can make better informed more proactive decisions.
0: Okay um, so let's let's draw on that broad experience that you have and why don't you share with us a little bit about some of the general concerns that people have with respect to aging we've thrown out there that we think most people really prefer to age in place what resources there are and what the steps are
3: yeah you know there's there's so many issues around that and and like you said long-term care is a really hot topic with the election and they're looking at it the wrong way they're looking at it how to how to fix a system that is somewhat broken but what we need to do is keep people out of the system longer and so if we can keep people home longer healthier safer longer then they're not going to be taxing the system and overloading it as much by being in it too early and for too long and so throwing money at it trying to do national standards, those are just band-aids, they're not they're not addressing the issue which is we're going to have a huge number of seniors coming in the next number of years and we can't keep them, we can't put them all in the long-term care system, there isn't going to be the capacity so we have to have other solutions and it's helping them to stay home longer and safer by having those supports in place and helping families create that plan, create that bucket of services so that they know what they can access and some of it needs to be private pay some of it needs to be publicly funded some of it through nonprofits it has to be a mix so that people who can afford services can pay for those services and that leaves more resources for those who can't so it's a complicated scenario but it mm-hmm. requires a thoughtful solution
1: Kathy uh, let's let's say that the the new federal government that wins this election calls you up and says i want you to be part of the health minister's team, and you get to kind of pick out what's the strategy the federal government should do knowing that most of these issues are provincial matters. Right. Um, What should the federal government do to reach the goals and the objectives and the concern that you just talked about? What would would you think the federal government should do?
3: Oh, gosh, that's a huge question. Well, I do think it needs to remain under the provincial... Um, authority to to manage these kind of things because, you know, one of the topics was should we have a national standard? Well, if we look at our education system, Alberta has an amazingly high standard of education. If we got a national standard, it would bring it down. So I'm concerned a national standard would bring the level of the bar down. So we want to make sure the federal government is supporting the provincial governments to do the best that they can, and that's probably through funding and through uh, making sure that the appropriate um, financial resources are there so that they can build the best health care system that's possible, and supporting um, those seniors and those caregivers who are keeping the seniors at home. So maybe there needs to be mandates as to where the money's going But I don't think, um, you know, the idea of having a national standard is going to help. I think it needs to be provincial, provincially run, federally supported. It needs to be
0: bigger, clearly needs to be bigger than just a long-term care facility plan.
1: Here's what I liked about (laughs) what happened in the pandemic. In the pandemic, Kathy, the federal government took the responsibility of obtaining the vaccines. Now, we can argue Mm -hmm. and debate if that was a a good, bad or ugly and how they did it but the provincial governments were not getting involved with big pharma to get the vaccines in the province. It was a federally managed. I think if we look at that as a a viewpoint of what the federal government's job or role is when it comes to in-home care and long-term care is be the buyer and bigger bulk. There are so many items that people need as they age that they have to either buy individually by themselves or go through the healthcare system of their province and they're buying whatever the 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 buying power of the healthcare system in that province has think of PEI versus Ontario mm-hmm. how much buying power does Ontario have versus PEI mm-hmm. but if the federal government says we're going to procure enough supply and be the buyer and the 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 block the the Costco of yep. of these type of, of products that will be a big savings to every single one that's how you can then get lower costs that's how you can but it all has to come from the provinces. If all provinces says we need masks, go buy a big order of masks right. for the entire nation, for every province. Keep the costs down for us per unit, and we've got a better deal here. Right. Get out of the way. Let us provinces handle our own healthcare issues. I think those are some of the things that we, need. when we look at those issues, there's not much the federal government can do besides funding, like she said. Right. Right. So, so Kathy, when when you look at the provincial issues. When it comes to long term care facilities, knowing what we know today, what should our viewers and listeners be aware of when they're starting to look at the facilities that are out there, public and private, and knowing what we went through with this pandemic, what are some of the things they should be looking for?
3: Yeah, well, that's that's great. They need to be looking for high quality and people who have demonstrated the ability to to provide good quality of life and the problem is, is that we have a shortage of spaces, and so they're not the facilities aren't incentivized to be competing for the client. They're all full all of the time, and so there's no motivation for them to be better. I think something that might be kind of a real reach is if the money follows the person. So if every individual has a certain amount of funding that they can put towards their health care then the facilities are going to be competing to have that funding. And if you get to choose where you're going, you're going to go to the better facilities. So there just needs to be a different way of looking at it so that the care facilities or the home care agencies, public, private, not-for-profit, irregardless, they need to be motivated to provide the best possible quality of care they can. And how do we motivate them? We motivate them by making them compete for those clients. That's just an idea. idea.
1: It's a change in the mindset, isn't it? From this is a universal good with few suppliers, mm-hmm. high demand, so you don't have to keep the quality or the service level high, and change that to being a demand-driven piece where the individual is where the money is coming from to change the viewpoint of the, of the supplier. Yes. Wow. And the
3: individual has- the individual has the, the, the control, they can say, I'm going to use this money to stay home. I'm going to use this money to pay for a home care agency that's publicly funded, so that's less cost, I can get more. Or I'm going to use this money to pay for a private agency, and I'm going to subsidize it with my own finances. Or I'm going to use it in a facility, or I'm going to use it for whatever purpose. So it gives the control back to the person who's deciding what kind of lifestyle they want.
1: I think we found our new health minister
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> listen kathy we uh it's a great place to end it this is clearly a very large topic uh but i think you've done a really good point uh, a job of raising awareness to some perhaps different uh, type of thinking uh, but certainly i think we have to elevate the level of care access to care as this you know this problem just continues to grow as our population ages so thank you very much joining us today. You're
4: very
3: welcome. Thanks for we, your time.
0: We've been joined by Kathy Mendham. She's uh, the founder of, and she's also a senior advisor with Proactive Seniors. I've had two conversations, actually I've had a number of conversations with people this week, uh, my friend about taxes and in particular about installment payments.
1: Oh, it's a surprise. Surprised and it doesn't feel very good. Oh my God. That's the one of the biggest concerns and complaints that we hear when people have a tax bill to pay. Right. Most, most Canadians... Are accustomed to paying taxes off their paycheck. Right. So most retirees, when they take when they make their tax payments, they pay it. They take it off their pension payments. Yeah, their risk withholding payments. Amount. Withholding amounts. Yeah, that's right. But what doesn't get withheld is when you make some money in the markets. You've sold a property. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been seeing a lot of movement in the recreational market, in the residential market, rental market, and on the equity market. That's right. People have made money. Yep. You make money, you report that on your income tax, boom, here comes an installment, and now you're like, sticker shock.
0: Well, and it, it comes because they haven't withheld enough, right? This is it, it Generally, an installment payment comes from some extraordinary gain or income or something that's out of the ordinary. Because if it's ordinary, you can adjust your taxes through your withholding tax, your remittances, Correct. and take yeah. care of it, right? So it's from some extraordinary Usually event.
1: lump sum, extraordinary that's right. income that you receive. The government says, okay, this might happen again. We want our money in advance, not... April thirtieth. That's right. So give me the money. Right. So now comes the sticker shock, and now they're like, "Where am I going to get this money from?" And we've had we've had people have had like, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars quarterly installments. Right. And they're like, "That's more than I spend in a month. Where am I going to get this money from?" Right. And Talk so, about
0: the emotional experience first of all, though. Okay. Right? Because I think in in the conversations I've had, the sticker shock right off the bat. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Then I'm angry that I have to write a, uh, a, a check. A, a check. Yeah. Okay? In conversation, every single time, uh, at some point in that conversation, people say, okay, I know we made a bunch of money and that's why we have to pay tax. Yeah. Right. So there's a rational understanding of that. But the emotional impact in the conversation, it, it, it's terrible. So how do we cover that cost?
1: Yeah, so let's, let's first look at what could have been done before. Because mm-hmm. right? there's really no planning on tax after the tax situation's mm-hmm. happened. Um, but let's talk about what you can do before. Is sitting down with your advisor and saying, "Look, I'm prepared to sell my property. I'm I'm looking at a gain. I'm, or we're going to sell some securities or investments. We're going to make a gain. Let's look at ways that we can mitigate that. And, and a couple of, them, of course, capital losses offset capital yeah, gains. That's right. So that's an easy one. But I I had uh, you know a conversation with a listener who has about. 17 different tax receipts mm-hmm. for charitable donations. Right. And this the, the, this this couple writes checks for each of them. I'm like, what are you doing? So cash donations. Cash donations. So let's think about the process. You're going from making income, paying your income tax, withholding tax and everything. Mm-hmm. Then you write a check to your charity. And then you get the tax receipt. Then you get a tax deduction for that, that tax year. yeah. So you're basically giving the government money in advance. Why couldn't that have just been done with the securities? Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you donate in kind? Why couldn't you take a capital loss, then send the cash? Like there's so many things that you and your advisor can sit down with and get the advice, not only from your financial advisor, but from your tax account. Right. And sit down and go through all those different ways of figuring this stuff out. Right. That's in advance planning. Then the following year, so let's say 2021, you have this, installments you have to pay, you kind of have to figure out, are there ways that you can offset those gains that you make this year or in the previous years by capital losses and so on? So so, there are things you can do, but the number one thing is it's not just, I'm upset, I have to write a check, now i got to change my lifestyle because i got to write a check.
0: Yeah. And I want to talk about that. Okay. Okay. So there's lots of planning things to do. And, and just get proper tax advice if you've got installment payments, because you may, need, you may not even owe those installments this year, depending on what the unique nature of what triggered that tax Correct. was. So just get proper tax advice. So in the event that you do have to, to pay it, um, so you, you, you forecast forward, you think that there's going to be some gains or extraordinary, whatever it might be, okay, you, you pay the installments. Here's the thing that, that in, in a number of conversations I've had is people want to pay it out of their they're from their bank account, and they and and, and and they feel they're reducing. Oh man, that was my slush fund for the trip I was going to take, and now my lifestyle's been impacted. Yeah. No, 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 no. That's not where that
1: payment should come from. Do, do that again. No, 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 no. Okay, good. It's why <laughs> to hear that again. <laughs> right? That's
0: all. That's not where that payment should come from. <laughs> right. It should come. It, it was profit from. Let's say the investment. The investment account, right? Let the investment portfolio pay. The tax on the profit it made.
1: Do you know how many times I tell our clients, if you have an installment payment because of what we've done, we've made you money in your portfolio, just send that installment statement to our team, right. and we'll make sure it gets paid right. so it doesn't come out of your bank account. Right. And it doesn't negatively impact your lifestyle. Yeah. Right? Well, it, it's you. you it, when you take tax off of your paycheck or withholding tax from pensions or RIF payments or whatever it may be, you don't miss it. It's gone. Right. There's no psychological, ah, damn it. You know, I until you look at the pay stub, and that's a different story. (laughs) But but when it comes to your investment, it's sticker shock. Oh my god, I gotta pay. Where's the money? Maybe we have to figure out, okay, we can't go to, you know, on a trip this year because we gotta pay this installment. Like, no, no, no. What was that again? No, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, good. That one. (laughs) And so we need to let the investments make the the, the tax payment. Right. And if once that's done. the the stress and the pressure goes down. I'm surprised how many of our peers in the industry don't put that as part of their process. Right.
0: Yeah. Send the installment over, pay it, taken care of, administration's taken care of, it gets reflected in the performance of the portfolio, some comes out, it all gets captured from the source of of that tax issue, right? Yes. It doesn't seem that complicated. Now, it was interesting... So I'm just going to finish the story. So I want to talk to these people. Of course, we talked about just this. And uh, this is the solution. And this is just send us the stuff. We'll take care of it. And
1: pressure came down. You could just feel it.
0: You could feel it. You, so you mean I don't have to get rid of that fund for my the money I was holding for the, in this case, it was a travel? No. No, you don't. It's, there, it's set aside for travel. <sighs> pressure came down.
1: And I think the reason why is because when we do our retirement planning, We always talk about after tax income. Correct. Not pre tax income. So we've already accounted for this. Right. So let it be accounted for through the proper mechanism where that income was made. That's right.
0: Right? Be happy you made money. You have to pay some taxes. Let the portfolio pay for those taxes and it will be reflected in the performance over time. Everybody's good. Everybody's good.
1: That kind of leads to our our conversation that we're going to be having uh, on September 21st, 7 p.m., live online. Our next webinar talking about how to bulletproof your retirement tax is a big concern we're going to address taxes and if you have questions because this will be post election that's right seminar that's right okay this is the first post election seminar september 21st 7 p.m live online go to morethanmoneyradio.com to register
0: well thanks for joining us for another edition of more than money on 770 chqr on behalf of Faisal and myself dave we look forward to chatting with you next week